Welcome back to the next episode of Inner Leadership. Today we're going to focus on how we bring leadership to our families, where we are all focused on how to maximize the potential of our children. On today's podcast, I want to introduce Jake Aliker, who has developed a program which is focused on building a high-performance team around your teenager or teenagers to maximize their potential and creating an, and create an edge. A subtext would be why parents don't get enough credit. This program is also focused on growing and maintaining the lifelong bond between the parent and the child. You may recognize Jake from the, from the recent hit Netflix series. No, not The Lion King, but F1 Drive to Survive, where he can be seen on the pit wall and mentoring Max Verstappen. Jake had worked for Red Bull as Max Verstappen's personal coach and trainer from when Max was 16. He has now taken on an additional six young drivers of the GP Elite team who compete in the Porsche Super Cup, as well as working with other families with kids who are high profile, but also those whose aims are a little bit more modest. Jake has taken this experience and the experience of others to create a system to help families with a focus on a mental resilience and communication tools. Meditation and contemplation being an important part of the practical implementation of this. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a brief introduction to Jake and the topic. We will be holding a live webinar in the next 10 to 15 days to delve deeper and be sure and register with the link in the show notes or at our, web, at our website. Jake, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Des. It's uh, good to be here, and thank you very much for that uh, introduction. Yeah, I look. I won't ask. I won't start by asking you a hard question, right? Like one about what was the aftermath of the Max Verstappen Daniel Ricciardo crash that was seen in the first season of F1 Drive to Survive. Um, but actually, sorry, why not? What was the aftermath and the lessons that were learned from that crash and that exercise? Well, yeah, thank, thank you, Des, and thank you for just starting with a, a nice, uh, simple one. Um, so after something like that happens, and as, you, as you've said, it was uh, Baku 20, 2018, and uh, yeah, the two, two teammates took each other out, and uh, it's a quite a dramatic scene and, and built up quite well. And then there's this big kind of dramatic uh, cars crashing, and its uh, initial thought is absolute disaster. And... For me, in my position, the first thing was to let the emotion come out, not to try and contain it and spend a lot of time observing in those initial uh, minutes and hours after, after the incident. Within the F1 uh, team, within any F1 team, there, is, there are these teams within teams and then they gradually get kind of, you know, smaller and well, smaller and smaller as you move towards the the driver the kind of final piece of the of the jigsaw so so my first point is to kind of go around and observe in those teams within teams first the driver and the, my my colleague in the opposite side of the garage to daniel's position would have done a, a similar thing but it's be with my driver observe the driver and observe what's coming out uh his emotion um the cursing or the mood and the, the trying to find an explanation, um, let that come out. We're not trying to contain that. And then go and do that in a similar pattern uh, within the teams within teams, uh, the mechanics, the engineers, the managers, um, team bosses. Observe how they interact in that initial kind of 
fallout and I'm, and I mean the, the initial sort of 12 hours and then we sort of shift down a pattern down a cycle of going able to and it might be the next morning the next day when talking about it to be in a place to be able to say right that was that was shit <laughs> what did we learn and to be able to say it as kind of and speak to it as clearly as that um and again then you work through that same pattern again in driver teams within teams and then uh, and then management after the emotion has subsided from from an event like that it then to help the process of learning digesting it it sometimes becomes important or it is important to remain objective and that's where in f1 especially you can remain uh, with the amount of data and information around um moments before an incident like that uh, there are you know multiple multiple streams of data and if done correctly and if um, structured correctly, you can have a pretty clear uh, conversation with emotion removed, remaining really, really objective. Um, and, and that's a, a very, very powerful tool. And that's a great advantage um, that F1 has, being able to remain in objective when there will be strong uh, subjective perspectives, especially from two Formula One drivers. Um, and then... The next kind of process in the cycle is to actually say, and and given the given the magnitude and also the financial implications of a yeah, uh, so r- roughly the financial cost of that would be the, so for our listeners who may not be aware, these was two yeah. drivers who were reasonably well positioned in a race. One driver crashed into the other, though they were teammates. So it's akin to your two kids knocking over the new seventy-six inch TV and smashing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, probably a lot worse than that. This is what, 10, 8, 10 million dollars worth of damage besides reputation? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd comfortably say those figures were, were probably accurate. Um, um, you know, through, let, through let, a moment uh, of madness, basically, between two drivers. Yeah, through, uh, yeah, through, through a moment of madness, and we'll come on to this in a little bit. Uh, through, I'd say, every, you know, every, every, Every behavior has a has a positive intention, and it's a it's a sometimes a debated sort of topic to get around a, a sentence like that. But and that's to say not necessarily the outcome uh, would be a positive intention. And obviously, quite clearly here, financially, uh, reputationally, from winning and losing, and the relationship to that, the outcome was not positive. But each of those guys expressed uh, a positive intention in that moment of not coming off second best. And there's an embodiment within that that you would want to see from a high performer, from a top performer. And that's what was expressed in that moment. And, um, and so, and so the big, there's a big opportunity, and I'll come to this in, in a minute, um, some of the other talk about, but, um, but that positive intention was, was, was expressed in a big, big way there. Uh, and it's kind of then how do you use that, talk to that, and, and channel it in a, in a, in a, be, a better way um in, in again and that and that ties on to really you know um oh, sorry so the point I, the point i was saying before just highlighting the cost is anytime there's an open like that it's be good for a team whether that's a family unit or a high performing team in business sports say one element would be right can we can we laugh about it yet to have and maintain a sense of humor about it and that ties in strongly to one of the elements of communication and trust um is 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 indicative of, of sort of probably seeing that we've moved on from it and but we've learned from it and i don't mean that in a kind of foolhardy way 
that it's not serious, but but as a f- to to have gone full cycle. But I, I do think I do think it's going to end up as a, a defining moment of both of their careers, right? So, but I, sorry, that so that's interesting. But Jake, maybe before we go on to what you're working with in families, etc., maybe you just give us a little bit about your own background, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've spent over just over the last ten years working in uh, elite sport, and um, primarily my background was in rugby. Um, I went to university in St Mary's in Twickenham and I very sort of early on I thought okay I want to get to the, the top of elite sport and, and for a long time that was rugby and my experience in physical preparation of, of athletes was in was in rugby and mixed martial arts combat sports uh, which gave, gave me a great grounding uh, to learn the physical preparation. The longer I spent in professional sport uh, and I, I realized it was the relationships and the communication and the rapport that you have with people and impacting and influencing their their headspace, positively impacting their thinking. Um, whilst harder to measure the metrics around that, probably was impacting performance in a, in a, in a, in a bigger way. In 2015... Um, Sorry, 2014. Yeah, I'd been so I'd, I'd been with Harlequins for a, uh, a year after I left university, and then I spent three years uh, working with Jersey Rugby Club in the Championship. Again, another great time for me to cut my teeth in, in two contrasting uh, environments in terms of resources and budgets and things like that. And then, um, and then that's when the opportunity with uh, with Max and Red Bull came along at the end of 2014, 2015, and that threw me into. Uh, into the deep end, which was great, and forced me to look a bit deeper at my at myself and my own coaching practice, and really the evolution of my uh, coaching practice to to athletes beyond the the physical um, and beyond the sort of sports science preparation, which still forms a grounding, but but then going on to you know beyond beyond that. And yeah, no, so look, that's great because that comes into. What we're trying to get across here today is around the uh, families and taking teenagers forward. So maybe we just kind of get into the meat of the meat, or at least the surface of the meat, because we will be doing a much longer webinar. This is kind of just an introduction. So maybe you can tell us something about the key elements of the systems that you've developed and kind of focus on three of the ones we discussed previously offline around mindset, communications, and expression, and how, how, how they can work. Or how do you work to develop them? Yeah, so so it's my um, you know what I believe in my experience. Um, you know, are there there are these some key elements of a system that I believe will lead to the probability of um, of of a higher performance and a higher performance outcome. And um, and yeah, these are centered around and there are sort of it's I've I said it to you guys earlier before in, in actually a sort of pyramid structure, but really it's it's to establish a fluid interplay between these three elements and that these, these are constantly working in interplay rather than a sort of you know, hierarchical structure. Um, and they are mindset and a kind, I think sort of sub subset off that are, uh, are um, getting clarity on purpose. And, and within that is, is resilience itself. Communication, um, trusting yourself, and sorry, a big element of that communication is trust, but it's trust within yourself. So in this case, within a high-performing athlete or um, you know, a highly 
a talented teenager with big exams coming up, with big music, big school pressures coming up, um, and then trust within the, the team. And I talked about that accountability to be able to call things out and say things out. Is, it, is, it, is there an element of safety um, that the, the communication between the individual and his team, in this case, a family unit, might be able to operate in? Yeah, so, so for, for me, in what we're talk, talking about here, it's, is, it, is it that kind of focus, how they work with their parents, with their support group, with their tutors, etc. So everybody's feeding into a, into a system. And folks, in our webinar, we're going to have a video, so you'll see lovely graphs, etc. So it's harder for me to describe. But this is a kind of an interlocking system of communications and how people can into an area of trust and, and discuss. Is that kind of what you're heading to? Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a, based on a communication model of how, and, and for, firstly for that individual, that performer, how he or she communicates uh, with themselves. And we might look into a little bit of the self-talk there and that, and that and really and self-talk here would be identifying the superego and its impact on performance. And here I talk about superego as that, that inner critic, uh, that inner voice, which is a, when we're developing and in stage of development, it's, it's where we branch off from our parents to be sort of independent thought. So it's the, it's the growing up of ourselves to move us away from the job of the parents growing us up. The trouble is that superego stays with us for life. And it always wants to keep you as a child and keep you looking through the eyes of a child rather than the top, elite mature performer that you are with life experience and understanding and understanding and awareness of yourself so that's a that's a big concept there but that's part of the system that we talk to and that i talk to as a coach to try and get into and opportunities like something in uh, baku whether it's on a formula one track or not give you access to that conversation and here we're talking about not just training somebody to receive the communication, i.e. the kid or the athlete or whatever, but also training the team member, whether that is the parent or the tutor or the sibling or the sibling to sibling, how to give that communication. Would that be a, a, fair, a fair thing to say? Very much so. And, and you know, like we were speaking to, about the internet earlier, and this whole communication in, in this time particularly, there is a there is a we have an opportunity to practice and challenge yourself to have conversations, and and it is in a safe environment of the family unit. Most of us are in lockdown at the moment, so so it's in really important that family members, team members, have an understanding of how that person receives and represents. Uh, communication uh, visually auditory kinesthetically um, and being able to talk and communicate to that um, so that that is a big element so an understanding of those representational systems and then how those two from from parent sibling uh, auntie uncle communicate to the individual and vice versa I know when we go on to the webinar we're going to have a lot of questions on this so I think we're going to have to do some thinking so we have good answers coming up and but I I'll, have you, up. I'll have to brush up yeah <laughs> I, I, I know you have some good tools and the third element you talked about was expression right so yeah. what do you mean by that right because that's a broader concept yeah and so the expression I think uh, you know and, and, and to, 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 uh, to put that on our umbrella um, are 
our actions express our uh, priorities. So, so how you uh, express yourself from a physical point of view, from look and, and, and so improving the physical state. So here we might be talking about physical training. Um, how, what is your relationship to that and how do you carry that out? Um, your, your, your expression of how you fuel your body from a nutrition point of view, your expression of how you um, look after yourself, you know, it might be termed as self-care or uh, mental training and mindset um, headspace. The expression of these ties in with the first two, first two elements, that mindset and that communication. Um, you know, some, in some coaching systems I've been involved with and in some, um, some philosophies of coaching, if you want to call it that way, they might work from a, uh, an inside out perspective that actually, okay, first you need to have a real clear understanding of these deeper, um, questions, identity, purpose, control to help you then solidify your expression, why you're doing a hard physical training program, why you're trying to improve your diet, why you're trying to do some uh, mental development and personal development. But with younger athletes, I found actually the opportunities to come from outside to in occasionally. And that's where the bespoke nature of it comes in. Um, that, that, um, yeah, just th th those give you the opportunities to talk to, well, if someone is or isn't fulfilling their potential physically, how they're looking after themselves, you, you speak to that and, um, and, and that is it. So, you know, the actions express your priorities. A bit like I said, behind every behavior, there's a positive intention. So if, if, it, is having to, um, if it is having to pull up on a few things of saying, well, what, why is someone not or not fulfilling their potential here or not doing it in, in these elements physically um you know how you how you nourish yourself um we we can speak to that and then a big I'm, element of that is sorry there's was just no, no, say, was that was that mental that mental part um you know i think tying into the communication the self-talk and the, and the and the mindset and the, and the resilience is an opportunity that some meditative practice um, in, in any, in a few different forms can, can bring up, um, whether that's a, a breathing exercise, whether that's actually just sitting in silence. And one of the things I will look to influence and, and, and bring up as a point in this system, uh, to individuals I work with is to say, well, what's, what's sort of creeping up for you in self-talk, especially because in a meditative practice, you hear people say, oh, I just can't sit still with, you know, I sit there and all I can do is just talk and I'm talking to myself and that's, and that's absolutely fine. And that's great. A practice that we move towards is, is disempowering that self-talk if it's certainly um, self-sabotaging. And there's a couple of ways we can start to do that. That's around journaling, altering the voice of that, um, of that, of that inner critic, to a to a cartoon voice to a childish voice to help these strategies to to disempower oh i think i might need some of this myself right i did do a challenge for those who are following me on instagram of i was going to attempt 12 hours of silence but i only <laughs> attempted one hour of silence which i did and i put it to some guys that you know to do the same including our friend dan norton i challenged him to sit for an hour just in no. silence forget you know it might be meditation or not, but to put maybe some words in your mouth, right? This whole system is about, and this is stealing some, uh, stealing a, a slogan from somebody else. Your system is to try to create the kid 
because that's what you've kind of moved to, right? Working with one kids, what you're doing with the Porsche team, but even kids who aren't targeted to be world superstars, to be the best that they can be and to be as happy as they can be and to stay within the uh, community that they're in, which is the, the, the family team. Would yeah. that, is that a correct environment? Because I know even with Max Verstappen, Joss, his son, his, son, his dad, is very much involved and the parents are still very much involved and it's about maintaining those links as well. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, it's for, it's for individuals and for groups that are keen to develop, whether, whether you're going for a Formula One world championship or whether you are just trying to, you know, improve the most so you can get the grade on a, on a school exam. Um, you know, de development isn't comfortable, whether it's physical, whether it's organizational, um, team corporates. So, there's, there's a lot of inquiry that needs to go on. And in those three elements of, of, of your mindset, uh, you could embody it all under a sort of term that's being used a, a lot at the moment, um, resilience and your relationship sort of to that, to, to, to remain, um, you know, to, to, to remain flexible um, in thought, behavior and emotion, particularly when under stress, you know, it's a, it's a massive element now, but, but it's just that it's understanding. It's not just saying, well, I need to get out of my comfort zone to do a really hard workout. Definitely an element of it. And that's where we talk about the expression. Um, but that interplay between, you know, the mindset, getting clarity on purpose, um, the, the communication and the, and the expression of those elements that we think we ought to be doing well, um, physical training, looking after ourselves nutritionally, keeping our headspace and sort of, you know, clarity and focus and calm, um, how those are expressed. Yeah, it's 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 putting conversation and action in place around those and strategy around those three elements to to help you you know fully realise and, and fully unleash your potential um, as a, as an individual. Okay, so look, we're going to expand a lot more of these in the webinar and on future talks, etc. Right, and it would be interesting to hear questions that people come up with. So one of the questions I kind of always ask at the, towards the end of those podcasts is, right, we're focused on inner leadership, leading from within. You talked a little bit about some very interesting uh, mindful practices, but what if there was one practice that, you, that you, is your personal favorite or exercise to reach a state of inner calm or inner resi re resilience that you practice or you would like people around you who are living in your house during this lockdown would practice, what would it be? So um, having got into, you know, coaching and, and, and practices around calmness and, and sort of cognitive preparation to clear space, I've inevitably got drawn to uh, breath work and, and, and breathing exercises. And um, a lot of it's obviously grounded in, you know, Eastern practice that's become a lot more mainstream now and a lot more mainstream in sports. There's a particular technique um, called box breathing uh, that I've done with athletes that I've worked with. Um, we, we actually did it with um, formed, formed part of uh, Max's training, post-training and also pre-qualifying pre at times. Uh, it's a breathing technique uh, which we can go to down to in more, more detail, um, series of inhales and breath holds and exhales and breath holds and uh and really it's to switch us into our autonomic nervous system uh part of our, our uh, nervous system to 
to the rest and digest branch of our nervous system. So the opposing, you've got fight and flight, and then you'll rest and digest. And that's the element of our nervous system that helps replenish, helps restore. Um, and that's a big, it's a quick win. Pre-sleep, it's great. Um, any period of the day, it's great. Post-exercise, probably that and a cold shower. It's a, it's a little bit um, sort of vague. You know, everyone's going to go have a cold shower and this will breathing. But it does, in terms of changing your state, that physical, mental, emotional energy, I find uh, I find as well as my exercise, my, my, my box breathing and uh, trying to brave an uncomfortable cold shower for a bit is, is often worth it. So I'm going to be cheeky here. So at some stage, Jake, I might ask to record maybe a five, 10 minute guided box reading that we can put on the podcast if that's, if that's okay with you. Right. Absolutely. But as I said, I'm extremely looking forward to having you on the webinar. Uh, we haven't fixed the date yet, but it's going to be sometime in the next 10 to 12 days. Yeah. Um, I'm not going anywhere. You're not, you're not going anywhere. We need to get you before the lockdown is done. Right. <laughs> so, for all you guys, so Jake, thank you, right? Um, if, if within my structure, I have to say thank you. And now I'll just I'll tell our listeners that uh, please tune into the webinar. We'll send you some information. If you have any questions um, beforehand, just send it to our uh, we, uh, email address, podcast at innerleadership.global. Or if you are listening to this in 2023 and COVID-19 is a, is a distant memory. Um, you can probably go straight after this to the webinar and see how we got on and to um, Jake's box breathing. So you've got, the, you've got the best of all worlds. And if you want to uh, catch up with Jake or us, we will still be at podcast at innerleadership.global and we would love to hear from you. So again, Jake, thank you. And we'll be ready for in 10 days time. Great. Thanks very much, Des. Cheers.